Hi, folks. If you are thinking about following along for the next season and mid-season, I would recommend you go to uh, duckfeed.tv slash tipjar and use the Amazon links there uh, to buy your books, be they in print or in uh, uh, ebook form or audiobook form. Um, all of that goes to help us whenever you buy something through that link, and it does make a big difference. Uh, for reference, the things we are discussing uh, will be The Stand, uh, The Mist, which is part of a short story collection called Skeleton Crew, and then moving on to Wizard and Glass. And there's going to be a couple of other things in there, too. We have two notable Stephen King movies coming out here pretty shortly. Yeah, it's going to be a big late summer for us. Um, another thing here, uh, we initially planned to have four people on, um, Evan was late to the recording. Uh, so he's going to come in, uh, probably about like 20 minutes through, uh, we address it and we bring him in just know like, Hey, there's going to be another voice here if that will throw you off. All right, let's listen to this. Welcome to Radio Free Midworld, a podcast about the Dark Tower series of books written by Stephen King. My name is Cole Ross, and today I am joined by Chase Greenlee. Hello. And Murph Murphy. How's it going, guys? Yeah, welcome back. It's been a little while. We had a we had a, we had a long run of mostly Greers. <laughs> <laughs> all those they are the worst. <laughs> Oops, all Greers. Mm. Uh, then, <laughs> only, only Jeremy's the worst. Autumn is delightful. Um, no, he does not deserve her. <laughs> Jeez, that's <laughs> uncharacteristically harsh. Um, yeah. No, we love Jeremy. Yeah. Uh, but thank you very much for uh, for hopping back on. And I think you hopped on at a really good uh, a really good time because this is a fun chapter. I yeah, it is. It is. It's a it's a good chapter. I'm glad I I missed. I would have been two chapters back. Kind of glad I missed that one. But uh, <laughs> oh, just uh, them hanging out in town. Uh, I was thinking more of the one before when when Jake comes back and we have to fight that demon. That's a little. Oh that's a, yeah, that was that's weird. A, that's a bit of a doozy. It's, but, yeah, uh, it's one of those ones you have to kind of tiptoe around. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I would have been. I would have been fine with friendly grandma chapter. That was. <laughs> You know, it's it's one of the uh, it's not one of the best uh, descriptions of foods and books. He's no George R. R. Martin, right? But, uh, right. <laughs> yeah, I think we I, I think we opined about all of the lamprey pie that was that was not present, but <laughs> right. Yeah. Um. So I know that uh, both of you were relatively new to the series. Is that correct? I'm mixing people up, so I apologize if I'm doing yes. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Had you continued reading um, in your absence from the show, um, or did you just kind of get caught up uh, when I asked you to come on? I've been kind of following along with the show. Mm -hmm. I've, I've, I, you know, I'm a little behind, so I had to catch maybe do a, uh, two chapters all at once. Yeah. So I'm a little Stephen Kinged uh, <laughs> yeah. than usual, but I've I've been reading along with the show. Yeah. Uh, and how about you, Chase? Um, I had uh, unfortunately let myself fall behind. I uh, some personal projects uh, got my. Um, I ended up getting 
falling behind, just because I had stuff going on in my own life. And then you put out the call. I was like, oh, I could probably get caught back up. Yeah. Oh, this is at the very end of the book. <laughs> oh, this is right there. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I guess I'm. I guess I'm reading a book in two days. <laughs> oh my um, god! Thank you so much for doing that. Yeah. No. I. I actually. I got caught up about 45 minutes before our scheduled start time. So this is real fresh. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and I was and I was I was under the gun making the notes too, so all of this is very fresh for me as well. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. But let's get into it because this is a very action dense chapter. Um and uh there's a lot to get through, I think. Uh so last time uh our cotet re- uh, arrived at the city of Lud, only to find it uh pretty much a Mad Max nightmare horror show fallout town kind of thing. Yep. <laughs> um <laughs> uh on a ruined bridge. Uh, this wreck of a man carrying a grenade named Gasher came up and like, yo, I'm going to take Jake. Uh, and that split up the group as Roland and Oi chased after uh, our old friend Gasher uh, through this, uh, uh, you know, twisted maze of booby trapped alleys. Uh, and uh, Oi followed along, which is nice. And Eddie and Susanna uh, broke off in the other way, searching for Blaine in the cradle of Lud. Uh, much like last time, we are going to uh, kind of untangle some of the stuff and present things more linearly than they are in the actual uh, book. However, by the time it gets to you know the end when all the action is escalating, it's going to make sense to go back and forth. So just understand this is not uh, we're not covering things verbatim as they pop up uh, in this chapter, which again cuts back and forth between these stories. But let's start out in the cradle of Lud. Um, what do you guys think of this massive Parthenon, this self-cleaning colossus? <laughs> oh, man. So this is, this is like you said, it's a, a Fallout-esque city. And some of the best parts of the, the Fallout thing is you see the actual parts that survived. If you will, so you've got this ruin and then the splendor amongst the ruin. Mm-hmm. And like I was like, oh, this is real cool. You've got just the, uh, like, a, a waterfall. Like, I would... Like it's not quite outside of our current uh, technology level, like the the self cleaning whatever. Yeah, like I, yeah. I don't, as someone who has ridden on a subway, we we don't do that. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, what King is describing is basically a sprinkler system that is always trained on the building itself. Yeah, Chase, how about you? Um, the thing that really caught me about the description was when he's uh, when Eddie started talking about the size. Uh, specifically describing or uh, comparing it to Grand Central Station and Grand Central, excuse me, Grand Central Station being considered a, a Greyhound station compared to what this is. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, okay. And I'm actually hot. Like I just very recently came back from New York City and was in Grand Central for the first time. That building's real big. Yeah, it's very <laughs> it's, impressive. It's. I was kind of dumbstruck for a second by just how tall it is from the inside and how much just vertical space you just just not using and what they're using just yeah. for for show yeah it, it is a big building um when it is full of people and that usually makes you know a, a full space looks uh, uh relatively smaller imagine mm-hmm. that um about 20 percent bigger but completely devoid of all people where sound is going to carry in echoes right oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and only two trains yeah <laughs> they, they move pretty it- fast they, they had a lot of bandwidth when you got it figured out, you got to figure it out. Yep. Right. <laughs> what I love about this is it's an inversion of what we saw at Dutch Hill, right? Um, the, uh, you know, the, 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 the big spooky demon mansion. You know, normally we associate haunted houses as being these 
completely decrepit places that nobody goes, you know, goes around and takes care of because they are, um, you know, haunted because there's something keeping them away here. It's the exact opposite. The destruction never touches this place because everybody is too afraid to come here. Well, it, it's haunted by a different type of ghost. Oh yeah. <laughs> What's yeah. amazing about all of this is that, you know, you think that the people who are holding, you know, twice daily lotteries, um, in the Shirley Jackson kind of sense, uh, might be crazy and, you know, out of their minds. No, they're pretty much right. They've got a really good estimation of what's going on. And like mm -hmm. Eddie is still not a believer that, uh, there are actually ghosts, that there are actually, you know, these malevolent spirits. Uh, but you know, it is the old line about, you know, sufficiently advanced technology, right? Right. Mm-hmm. I love this line, you know, as they, you know, as Maud and Jeeves, you know, go away saying, oh, you know, we, we know you won't shoot us in the back uh, and we forgive you for shooting Winston. Eddie says, Jesus, Jesus, pumpkin pie, Christ, don't you get it? You're killing each other over a piece of music that was never even released as a single. You want to see monsters? <laughs> take a good look at each other then. And when you go back to whatever fun house it is you call home, take a good look at your friends and relatives. Like not a lot of empathy coming out of Eddie uh, no. at this point. Uh -uh. Yeah. I, I'm, I, I don't like Eddie as a character. No, no, I don't. Huh? I, uh -huh. and I feel like I've, I'm going to be, I'm in the minority here, but I don't, I don't really, like I've actually kind of like Roland a little bit more, like mm -hmm. he's starting to warm to me, yep. but mostly because he's getting more quiet and less, <laughs> less <laughs> maybe not, I think less crazy is a bad way of saying it, but less yeah. hourly crazy. <laughs> right he, he's becoming less of a murder bot right uh, and more of a like a person with feelings who cares about people yeah but uh eddie is just like the like a guy who thinks he's funny and he's just not oh and mm. i mean that's huh. i'm i don't want to retread what from the last episode about riddles and jokes and things but like I, yeah I, I can't i don't like him i'm like eh. yeah. so yeah. if if there's a lottery and we have to kill one of these people which i <laughs> <laughs> I suspect quite a few of these, not and not everyone will make it to the end of the uh, the series. Like, eh, I'm not going to shed a tear when Eddie Eddie goes. Yeah, unless you know character moments and he gets better. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, Murph hasn't <laughs> read the books before. <laughs> no, no, that's that's the, the, that's perfectly fine. I mean, you, you know, on on the you know based on what I've said in the past, I I I I, I disagree. I, mm. I I personally think that even if he doesn't succeed at being funny, the attempt is endearing. Um, oof. and his, uh, what, what's that? I, I'm just, just oofing. <laughs> no, it's fine. We, we, we can disagree about it, but like, no, like, no, the, the, no we can't Cole. <laughs> this, this particular moment is not, is, is, is not Eddie's finest because no. I think Susan has come around to viewing them with a little bit of sympathy, right? Like, oh, they live these terrible lives where life has no meaning, you know? And so like, there's a reason why they're doing what they're doing. Whereas Eddie just has not gotten the memo as of yet. Yeah. So mm. it's, you know, one of those, one of those failures <laughs> on, uh, on, 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 on his part. Uh, inexplicable is, uh, Eddie and Susanna saying, Hey, we're finally alone. Let's just, you know, talk about our feelings for each other for a minute. Do, do, <laughs> do a little bit of rubbing <laughs> up on, uh, yeah, like that was nice. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, there's some flirting. There's some, like they they race. In... Oh yeah, specifically she says, she says "race me, white boy," because he says like, "Oh, they didn't, they didn't really build this with, uh, you know, to, to be handicap accessible." And and you know, Susanna's like, "Game on," 
You know, right. She mm-hmm. she narrowly edges him out, and uh, you know, even though it, even though he was carrying the gigantic heavy wheelchair, you know, it is still like this friendly competition between the two of them. It's it's a it's a very cute moment, and I'm I'm glad we got to share it with these fake characters, <laughs> yeah. one of whom who I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, they're do uh, like they're they're doing this as like one of these great autumn storms of Midworld is kind of rolling in. So you know they describe like the the whole city disappearing, you know, behind this curtain of gray. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Um, other relevant details: they get up to the front door, and our good old friends North Central Positronics have uh, stamped their uh, their mark on it. Uh, they find out that that other train that ran the uh, the southwest line, I believe. Uh, Patricia, uh, oh, sorry, was called Patricia. There we go. Patricia's dead. Um, and Eddie, you know, is dead certain that, yes, no, Blaine is the pink one. They got the colors mixed up because they all have a touch of the shine. Um, yeah. <laughs> let's talk about Blaine himself, um, because uh, I guess I want to find out to, for, for, for you two who are, who, who are new, what did you expect him to look like? Well, it's kind of ruined by the cover of the book. Oh yeah, there's a my my cover has a giant skull train on it. Oh yeah, that's what my ebook uh, yeah. cover has. Yeah. <laughs> so they started talking about a train, and I was like, "All right." <laughs> Though I will say, my mental picture doesn't look like that. One no. because the, the cover of the book has a is a blue train, which Eddie, you know, Blaine is very clearly pink. Right, right. The the the, the color of. Uh... Uh, stale baseball card bubblegum, right? <laughs> I think is what they is the is, is is what they say. Yeah, I think that cover is supposed to be more uh, more evocative than representative. <laughs> yeah, and I like, I, I kind of get what they're they're going for. It's it's a a future train, and like I'm from Florida, I see monorails all the time whenever we go by Disney World. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. and it like I I think of a like the Disney World monorails are cool, but. But uh, Blaine is cool. <laughs> Blaine, Blaine has powers, and we're going to find that out. Um, <laughs> Chase, how about you? Like this, the, this kind of organic pink shape uh, that uh, they compare to like a a whale that is almost like beached up. Um, well, my um, initial impression of it was also a little bit spoiled because um, I mentioned at the beginning that I started reading this just a few days ago. Um, I actually picked it up at a um, this copy of it at a half-priced books uh, the night that we talked about this. Okay. About me coming on, and this is—I'm not sure if this is like a first or second edition uh, or edition or what, but um, it is filled with these uh, full-color illustrations by uh, Ned DeMaron. Oh um, yeah, yeah. These are the ones I've been using for the uh, for the cover art. Yeah. Uh, like they, they they have some of them like for uh, there, there's like one per chapter. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, and now towards the end of the book, they kind of go off the rails just showing some really weird um, uh, mid-world creatures that we don't see at all. And I'm not exactly sure why these uh, gray pterodactyls are in here, but <laughs> there they are. Um, <laughs> but the one that actually shows um, uh, our good buddy is has it speeding away from an erupting volcano. Mm-hmm. And it's just this monorail just whizzing away. It's like, oh, that's... Okay, I guess that's what we're working with here. Yeah, certainly more comforting than uh, than Choo Choo Charlie, but 
I need to I need to pull this up because it's a it's a pretty good image and people can look at their mm-hmm. people can look at their phones or or whatever to uh to 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 get a sense of this. No, it'll be next uh ne- next next episode where they're going to see this ah. image. Uh but yeah, it very much is like early 70s uh, you know, sci-fi illustration. Um and and Glenn oh, is actually portrayed as being uh completely transparent hmm. at this point. Um and in this one I think maybe there's a different um different image but yeah we're gonna get to that we're gonna get to those monsters mm-hmm. <laughs> excellent excellent yeah yeah um but they, they they approach and their way of interfacing with blaine is this number pad which eddie identifies as being you know something like a like a digital security system right Susanna's kind of completely baffled it has a diamond of buttons that are numbered from i think one to one hundred or zero to one hundred. I forget. I forget the actual detail there. Um, and Eddie tries it. Like at this point, they are completely just terrified because they've heard all of these stories about you know people being lit up with electric blue fire. You know for you know just for daring not to answer his questions correctly, etc. And like Eddie at this point breaks and he's like, okay, well you know no response at first. And then he does a Robin Leach from the uh, uh, from the lifestyles of the rich and famous impression, which <laughs> does get them noticed. <laughs> Yeah, oh, man, which as much as like he's trying to be funny, but that might be what saves him. Maybe <laughs> because like it, that's like that's a pretty distinctive impression. And I guess like that's how they convince him later on that they are actually from New York and the other world by basically rattling off cultural things from New York. Yeah. So I guess I guess does Eddie have YouTube or Blaine have YouTube? I, yep, I think that I think that Blaine has access to that uh, from from before the doors closed. I also think that Blaine, uh, uh, either size of Blaine, um, has a little bit of appreciation for a fellow imitation Smith. Ah, uh, yes, <laughs> yeah. that, that that I think uh, you know um, <laughs> may be the case. Uh, but we're introduced to this character that we've been kind of dreading all along. First by uh meeting little blaine who has the voice of like a small scared child you know who's been hiding from a psychotic adult in their house um saying oh uh i'm the one he doesn't see the one he forgot the one he thinks he left behind in the rooms of ruin and the halls of the dead um you'll remember that line from the uh from when eddie put his ear up against the uh the beam generator um way way mm. back in the clearing uh big blaine is the ghost in the machine the ghost in all the machines and so upon hearing this, Susanna, who has some knowledge of, hey, split personalities and duality, like, no, this this is fucked. We have to get out of here because we're dead. Uh, <laughs> and then here's one of my favorite lines, just the, this great moment. Too late. He's awake. He knows you're here and he's coming. Oh, oh man. man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. I, I love and this is this is this is like this is this part of the book was written for me because I'm all for uh I like robots I like AI I like oh there's different parts of your personality split off into you know different forks and clones and then I like it when you just you put a little bit of magical realism in there <laughs> perfect yeah uh what, what do you think chase <laughs> um the dread of something impending like that is always going to hit me right where I live. Just because as soon as um, uh, they say that line, 
the lights start going out. If I'm remembering, oh, they right. start they start and turning just, they start turning on like the like the gigantic it. arc sodium lights just in pairs up yeah. the entire cradle. Tung 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 tung. You know exactly. them coming it just, on. It's encroach. It, it's encroaching. It's coming. There's nothing you can do about <laughs> it. So so get ready. Yep. Um. And the bigger and scarier that thing is, the more I'm going to be like, yes, yes, more. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and at this point, scare me more. <laughs> like I just, I love the slow reveal of this. You know, and we're going to spoil it by the end anyway. They think that okay, Blaine is the train. Okay, fine. This reveals. Wait, okay, so Blaine controls the entire cradle. That's kind of weird. And his voice again booms not just over the you know the little speaker like little little blaine comes over the speaker that they're talking to big blaine comes over the loudspeakers that all the corpses are hanging from (laughs) blaine isn't just the train he's certainly a pain but blaine is the entire city and just like we had somebody new introduced over the speakers in the uh in, in the actual story, we have a new a new person introduced here we have we have evan jones thorne who is back from putting his putting his kid down for the night yeah, uh, I, I've got my own little Blaine, and uh, he he would not just go the fuck to sleep. <laughs> so, Despite what Samuel L. Jackson said. Exactly. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, little little Blaine is out. Big Blaine is here. Let's go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> cool. Well, I'm happy you're here because this, this, is, a, this is a fun chapter. Um, and, uh, yeah, let's, let's see. We're, we're still pretty close to the beginning. And if you're listening and you're thinking, Hey, that's weird. Our scheduling is weird. Um, and we're, you know, we're, we're, we're doing the best we can. Uh, we're, we're, yeah. we're here to have fun. Get over blame, blame, blame my, my two-year-old. <laughs> Nobody suspects the two-year-old. I will, I will scapegoat what? the shit out of that kid. <laughs> what is, mm-hmm. where, what's your two-year-old's Twitter handler? Let's, let's send it. Oh, send no. it hey. <laughs> oh man. I wouldn't wish that on anybody. I'm not going to dox a toddler. (laughs) (laughs) Generally considered to be bad form to dox a toddler. (laughs) I want to start a a band called Big Blaine and the Toddler Doxers. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty good. Uh, anyway, so we, we should we should get going because we we, we are at this uh, at the, at this really great point. We were just talking a lot of uh, a lot of praise for for for, for Big Blaine. Um, I, I have a similar a similar weakness uh, to uh, kind of well crafted AI stories. And what I like about this is Big Blaine. Um, you know, he is he is not just the train, not just the building. He's the entire city. Um, it's not that it's not that he has achieved any kind of like sentience or humanity and that's what he's vying for he has been sitting and sleeping for so long and he's been so alone that he's gone insane <laughs> like has, has he or is he just got is he just a robot like I, they, 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 I mean so then the the, the the narration leads us to believe yeah. that like that is that is what happened like you know over the 800 years that he's been in existence he's gotten he's just gotten weirder yeah <laughs> No, like I, I, I fully agree, but I, I just I just think all these these stories about all these helpful robots that's yeah. not those are the insane robots. <laughs> right. Yeah, the one the, the ones who would sign themselves up for that kind of life. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's it's funny, you know, every time you revisit a work you bring a new a, a new kind of context to it. Um and in the time not since I last read the book by listening to it in audiobook, uh, but in the time um you know, <laughs> you know uh since I uh, uh first read these, 
I filled my house with AI assistance. There you go, you man. Know, like they're still really, you know, like in, compared to Blaine, you know, like if, if Blaine is the super genius, these are, these are goldfish, but like I can speak up in any room in my house and have, have some, have something, you know, read off what my calendar is. And so like, like, oh, this is just, we, at some point we decided having voices in these tubes is fine. I think I've read too much uh, dystopian science fiction because I just cannot get down with the, the voice assistant. I've I've tried and I technically have uh, I guess I, I technically have Cortana and Siri and Google Assistant on mm-hmm. various devices. Right. And uh-huh. I don't I don't use any of them. Yeah, I, like I'm fine with it. Um, you know, I, everybody has a different calculus for that, but, uh, but yeah. you know, I kind of want to find a way to pit them against each other, but so far no dice. <laughs> it's kind of like <laughs> fight, fighting, uh, fighting a humidifier and a dehumidifier. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> there God, was Pete someone so who did good. do it. <laughs> I hate, I hate to, I think uh, someone did, I think pit two against each other. Like they, they had them like <laughs> asking questions to each other and like hooked up that way. And they. They just continued to babble on just like nonstop in a kind of a Twitch plays kind of way. <laughs> yeah, they had like an answer bot or something hooked up to them. Right. Yeah. So it was something. Yeah. If, 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 we can minim- here. <laughs> if, if we can minimize the number of times we say the A name, that'd be great. Uh, <laughs> just just as, a, as a matter of courtesy, because I do have to edit those out. Uh, this, this is a the Patriots or the Lolly Lulelo kind of thing. Oh, well, uh, Everyone just needs to keep a book of riddles in their house and they'll be fine. Yeah, like, no, just uh, like <laughs> you keep a fire extinguisher in the kitchen and you keep a you keep a riddle book everywhere. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, taped to the back of every door, you know, just for safety, you yeah. know, like a normal person. Right, right. <laughs> um, so, you know, they have to convince uh, Big Blaine that they are from New York, which they do. Um, by just naming a bunch of uh, a bunch of landscapes, Blaine doesn't believe them. He knows of New York, but he says all of the doors to that ware are closed. Um, a, and, I really like how they use that the ware there, where there. Yeah, it's a good use of ware. <laughs> it's a ware there. It's a location that turns into another location. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, but they uh, yeah. And we're going to find out later that what he's referring to is the, you know, the, like the doors, the great old one opened, you know, this is from a couple of books down the line, but I don't think it's that huge of a, that huge of a spoiler. He's not referring to these magical doors that opened up on the beach. He's referring to the doors that the great old ones used to go through for entertainment. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so for me, I think we're, we're at right at a point in the the narrative where I don't quite know what's going on but i know enough that i can start speculating mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's it's a real good point because yeah. as soon as i actually start to get answers they're inevitably not, just not as good yeah, as yeah. what i'm thinking of but right now we're like oh this is good yeah we're balancing right on a tipping point and you're gonna be yeah. you're gonna be okay when it well, like uh, up through like uh let's say all of book four should be safe for you in that regard book five gets a little dicey and then book six starts to uh starts to reveal some of the mystery oh yeah, I'm just I'm just letting you know so you can brace for it. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> but to prove that he is serious, you know, Big Blaine uh, just shoots some lightning off near them. Um, Evan, we haven't gotten your opinion because Big Blaine is a is you know is a huge character. You know, this villain yeah. in this book full of villains. Like, what's your what's your initial read on the uh, little the tiny Blaine Big Blaine dichotomy or just Blaine in general? 
man, I love Blaine. Like this, this entire section of the book is one of my favorites. Um, I, I, I wasn't on the episode where you guys talked about where, uh, Jake's like kind of bizarre rambling notebooks. Uh, uh, but I remember the, the first time, actually probably the first two times I read it, I got legitimate chills when I got to the, because he keeps talking about Blaine, like, you know, Blaine is a pain, all that stuff. And then after a while, he just says, I'm pretty sure that Blaine is dangerous. Uh-huh. And it like I got goosebumps the first two times I read that. Like, it's it's so creepy. Yeah. And so like just th- there's there's all these weird hints about Blaine. like there's the the book, which uh, if if any of you guys have have not looked up um Charlie I can't remember Chuchu. the name of the book. Charlie to Choo Choo. Thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Uh, it's terrifying. <laughs> I, I like seriously, we, we talked it up in that episode, um, but like go and get it. Uh, use the duck feed uh, dot TV slash tip jar link. If you're going to get it on Amazon. Um, but, uh, but it is, you know, yeah, it's, it's a children's book, whatever. It's a hardbound book. But like, if you want to have, you know, an artifact from inside this world that you love, there are a few better ways to do it than to get that thing. And like, yeah, the, the art in it is legit unnerving. Yeah. It's, it's great. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just, just the, the idea of a giant city that is insane. <laughs> I like, I, I le- legit cannot think of, any any other work of fiction that has done something that just balls out huge for lack of a, a more eloquent term. No, it's fine. <laughs> that's like, about that's about the level we're at. Yeah, it's it's so good and like like little Blaine kind of understanding what's going on and being like even more scared than uh the main characters are is mm-hmm. just a whole other level of creepy because mm-hmm. Stephen King knows how to do uh, very very creepy little characters. Yeah, little little kids like that's yeah. that, that that's his bread and butter. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. The, the, and, the, uh, there, there's a moment uh, that is roughly around here, maybe in one of the later sections, where little Blaine warns them and says, "Hey, you better be careful." And Big Blaine mm-hmm. hears it. You're like, "What yeah. did you say?" And they have to say, "Oh, I just I just cleared my throat or whatever." Like, yeah. <laughs> which um, which is which is odd because. He's later. He, I think we're not to jump too far ahead. He, he very clearly knows when people are lying. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> why, why does he let that pass? Uh, because be because it, uh, be, because it protects the fiction. R- well, it protects, oh, yes. it protects his own fiction. Right. That's, that, that, what, that's yeah. what, that's what I mean. Not like, uh, Oh, King is doing yeah. something convenient, but like if we are right. to believe he is insane, that is something that we even saw Detta do within the same story. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Evan. I'm sorry. Um, I interrupted you. No, no, totally. Uh, I I just dropped um, a couple of images into the Skype chat uh, uh, from the, <laughs> the book that I was reading to Oliver tonight that I'm pretty sure Blaine appears in. Oh, uh, the, the, those won't go through to everybody because of the way we have it set up. But um, can, can can you name the book that they that they are from? Uh, the book is called Circus Train. Oh God. <laughs> yep. Hey, hey, Evan, maybe if you yes. join the Patreon, you could post them in the Radio Free Midworld 
uh, Slack channel. Oh, you can get, I, he's you there. You know what? I'm I'm actually a I am a patron, and I'm actually going to do that right now. <laughs> Gosh, oh, if only I also paid. Wait, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, how can I get access? <laughs> you guys are making me feel bad. Processing file upload. Oh, okay. oh, 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 Jesus. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I can't. Uh, yeah, no. So, so Evan, during during the edit there, I told you to put it into the uh, Radio Free Mid World Slack. Uh, I think you're dropping a world of, a world of shit on the people who are in, who are just in that public channel uh, uh, who who don't know what the fuck uh, that you just did, uh, leaving us the circus train. Time for fun. The circus train said. Here I am. <laughs> Here I am. <laughs> so the upsetting thing is, so if if uh, if, if Charlie the Choo Choo has uh, has too much of a face, I think the circus train doesn't have enough of a face. Um. Yeah. Oliver loves this book. Oh, he yeah? wants to read it all the time. Yeah. I don't care for it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! No, it's a it's 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 a big cartoon train. Doesn't have any like nose or mouth, uh, if, unless well, he, you. Can... He sort of does. He's got a mouth. It's it's like it's, yeah, it's like like the cow catcher is kind of the mouth, and the, like the like the very very front of the engine has a big red nose kind of thing. Um, but uh, what I'm focusing on are the eyes, which instead of being like a window or something, are just these big cartoon eyes with eyebrows. Which that isn't even part of the fiction. Like that's not part of the anatomy of a train. The eyebrow. <laughs> I mean, Blaine has eyebrows. They're just windshield wipers. Yeah, that's fine. It's fine. Oh, God, I want to start another band called The Anatomy of a Train. <laughs> that's man. This this episode is great for me. <laughs> and all the bands I'm gonna <laughs> start. Just just harvest them. Or re- release a little, like just hook it up to a machine learning thing and then just like release uh like like a two-song ep under that name oh man i'm gonna yeah i'm gonna start oh, a band with all my virtual assistants <laughs> release um, it exclusively via slack <laughs> it will be a blight <laughs> um, so we'll see if anybody responds to that but we should get back to the main thrust of the plot because yeah. we're, 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 we're like two didn't mean, to, didn't mean to uh totally derail everything uh yeah 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 um but no i i actually i legitimately was reading this book to oliver while you guys were talking about uh you know this exact train yeah pretty good um so um you know after eddie proves that they're from new york uh, by naming like oh the Statue of Liberty, talk about that like just a list of things anybody could have gotten written down from a book. Blaine's like, all right, I, 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 okay, Pilgrim, I believe you. Uh, guess what? Uh, as Eddie says later, we walked four hundred miles to meet a, a shitty knockoff Rich Little uh, because Blaine, um, you know, uh, he has many voices. You know, there's Little Blaine, there's Big Blaine, but he cycles through all these celebrity impressions and is very. Very mum on the topic of where he learned about them, um, and instead of answering this, you know, his question about that, it's like, "Hey, ask me a question and make it a good one, or it is time for Zap Zap Town." <laughs> yeah, uh, let's cut over to our friends Jake, Oi, and Roland as they uh, head through the sewers and get under the bunker. Um, Jake and Gasher are rolling along, and you know, Jake. Uh, after his moment of despair, you know, again, having been run ragged through this entire city, starts to believe, hey, Roland's probably alive because he would not have missed the subtle first trap and fallen into the really obvious second one. Um, and then Gasher serenades him. 
a lot of singing in this, uh, a lot of songs and singing in this chapter. <laughs> yep. Very, uh, very, very body songs. Gasher, uh, sings in his very nice, like Irish tenor about, uh, about, about titties and such. Um, and then he says, Hey Jake, go ahead. And you sing. And Jake talks about like, Oh, my, my fine New York girl. Um, and I love this detail. Uh, Jake can't sing he, for, <laughs> for all the ways that he is gifted. He is not gifted with a voice. I forget about that every time too. <laughs> like that's, that's such a great, like, like dumb little detail that I forget about. Yeah. We're so used to gunslingers being good at everything just, you know, as a matter of course. And we find out later on that Roland is an amazing dancer, even. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, oof. <laughs> uh, you're you're going to get there. It, it, is, well, it is a very strange scene. I mean, that, if, if, if that it's not a sounds dance like off, that I don't... tracks. <laughs> That's, that is one of the scenes where I, um, I can't wait to see how the movies handle it. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> it's going to be a dance off, isn't it? Mm, yeah, it's going to be straight up like you got served. It's him and Randall Flagg just throwing down. Oh man, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's going to be uh, Idris Idris Elba and Matthew McConaughey, and for some reason, Harmar Superstars there. <laughs> <laughs> they just bring all the B boy crews. Um, but yeah, uh, the reason that they're singing is to keep the machines asleep, uh, which is funny because you know it's the pubes who are superstitious about this, right? Right. It's not supposed to be the craze. In fact, Gasher, you know, under the light of the neon says like, hey, isn't it great? We have all this food and the pubes think this is full of monsters. And Jake makes the obvious observation. Well, fucking look at yourself, man. Right. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, he's he is not my favorite character. Gasher <laughs> would not want to run into him in an alley. No, no, he's a very good henchman, though. Like as far as far as hen- like like evil henchman characters. Oh yeah, he's he's one hundred percent a toady, <laughs> including his toad-like complexion. Ah, boom! Due to the mandras, of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Due to the debilitating STI. Yeah. Well, you know. Um, so they get to the door and, uh, we get our first inkling of, uh, the TikTok man who, uh, Jake identifies as sounding roughly like a character from, I believe, Smokey and the Bandit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so in this world, it, it, and it's impossible for this not to be colored by Frank Muller's vocal performance. Um, you know, when, when he's doing these characters, you know, Gasher, he sounds like, you know, just like, yeah, my, my, my colleague, Treg Cove, you know, like, like that, you know, like, like a little bit, uh, like a, <laughs> like a syphilitic pirate. Um, we, <laughs> we have TikTok man got kind of a, kind of a Southern drawl. It's fine. You know, like, he just sounds mm-hmm. like, you, you know, like, like TikTok man is presented as, uh, uh, what, what, what's, what's his, what's his name? Charles Manson. If he was a, if he was a Nordic giant. Yeah, in, interestingly, um, when I when I read through the books, I, I haven't listened to the audiobook of of the Wastelands, but I always kind of pictured the TikTok man as Matthew McConaughey. Oh, huh. Hmm. Yeah, that would that would definitely match the uh, the vocal the vocal treatment. Yeah, so that's that's kind of cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> appropriate. Maybe uh, may, maybe in the movies they can get Woody Harrelson to play him. Oh man, that would be uh I, mean, oh. I think I think Woody Woody Harrelson fifteen years ago would have been a very good fit for that. Yeah. I so need... I didn't I I didn't picture him as Southern, but uh if 
what is it? Uh, oh, brother, where art thou? The uh, John Goodman. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see that. Just a uh, just a man kind of prone to random fits of violence. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, TikTok man. Here we are. We have our third major villain for this third act. Like it just just loading it up uh, with these just fascinating, dangerous uh, figures. Um, Gasher is terrified of him, uh, you know, and like Jake hits on something very important. Gasher might not be afraid of dying, but he is afraid of being humiliated because TikTok, you know, always a fan of, of, of process, right? Um, ask Gasher for the password and Gasher again, because of the aforementioned infection, you know, just not, not, not that on the ball with remembering this stuff and not literate because, you know, look at their society. Right. Um, so he asked Jake, uh, to read the, the cheat sheet. Uh, in his uh, in in his bandana, and of course Jake, you know, leaves him dangling for just a second. I mean, one, how did he get this cheat sheet? And two, what, what do you think he was going to do with it? <laughs> he was just hoping somebody else was going to be around, maybe. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, he he got it. He got it from uh, from another uh, from another oh, right. gray, like like Odie or whatever it was. Hoot, right, hoot. Right. wasn't it? Oh yeah, Hootie. Hootie, there it is. It might not be Hootie. I just wanted to make a Hootie in the blowfish joke. Or set Thanks. somebody else up for one. Um, I, I tried. I tried. I, <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I was. I'm an alumni of the University of South Carolina, and they are all about it. So it's yeah. it is a matter of honor. No, my uh, my, my my grandfather uh, was a regular at the Columbia Country Club. Where uh, what's his name? Uh, I was about to say Darius Rucker. No, yeah, Darius Rucker yeah. used to uh, used yeah. to uh, golf like way back oh. in the day, and so they they were frequent uh, golf partners when they were still alive. Huh. Yeah, that's cool. Well, yeah, very nice people. So the uh, so so the the Hootie and his blowfish men uh, played it at your school a lot. No, uh, I... or or you just <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not 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 Cole. I'm sorry. Like, yeah, I was gonna say I don't live there, man. No, no, but, uh... no, 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 he, no. Uh, I... I believe there one of them was an alumni. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. So so what you're what you're saying is you're. Uh... You you you're you're a legitimate fan. You're not some kind of uh, Fairweather Johnson. Oh yes, Jesus. <laughs> oh no. Oh <laughs> uh, Jesus. So anyway, let's uh let, let let's rock this like a wagon wheel on over to the next thing. Um. <laughs> um, um. I'm I am I am genuinely sorry, everybody. You, sh- you shouldn't be again. Yeah. You're, you're you're at about the level we're at. Um, <laughs> none of us should feel any better or worse than anybody else. It's, it's just a, it's just a human right. Um, no, this oh, is, I was I was apologizing to everybody listening, not not to you guys. Oh, okay, All that's right, fair. No, that's it's, it's fine. No, we're no. not physically here. We can't throw knives into you for arbitrary reasons. Right, right. For laughing on a podcast. No. Um, yeah. So <laughs> um, let's. Uh, <laughs> this is important. I told you about these hootie puns. Oh, jeez. <laughs> One star. Um, so, <laughs> so okay. this this is important because Gasher not being able to remember this and him having the crib the, the crib sheet is uh, important information for Jake, and he and he kind of knows it. Um, we're gonna cut away uh, before we meet TikTok Man and go over to Roland, who is behind them. And really, the only notable thing is like, oi. Uh, is able to follow the trail despite the fact that they are walking through a literal river of shit um, and always able to restrain himself from shouting Ake's name as he uh, as he often does. 
let's talk about TikTok Man and his, um, uh, let's say, a missile silo decorated by an insane asylum. Uh, the yeah. cross between a living room, a bunker, and a uh, hippie crash pad. I mean, it's it's a vault, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't fall out. Like, that's <laughs> what it is, basically. Yeah. <laughs> it's, this, it's this big neon lit room. Oh, my gosh. Am I just, just in picturing this? It is so creepy and otherworldly and like kind of like a Zardoz kind of thing a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there's six. Neon. <laughs> just all that neon. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we learn all of the different names for neon in this world, too. Swamp gas <laughs> or, uh, yeah, dim fire or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but TikTok man is the, is the, is the central person of the, of the six kind of gray lieutenants that are here. Um, and he's the leader and he's a, he's a giant of a man. Um, and he's sitting with his leg over one arm of his chair. He's got these tight fitting pants on, he's shirtless and he's got a, got a knife slung over one shoulder and, uh, and a, uh, machine gun, like a, like a mouser machine gun, <laughs> uh, put over the other. And he's got this long gray and blonde hair. And the grays, you know, despite their name, are not, like, completely decrepit like the pubes are. Again, they change places at, at one point. Uh, but they are all mostly uh, kind of, like, lifeless in the eyes. Except for TikTok, who has this, you know, like, again, it's impossible not to read, like, a Manson kind of vibe out of them. Um, you know, who who is, you know, active and vital. Um, this this line here is, uh, is one that I singled out. His eyes were as green and curious as the eyes of a tomcat who was old enough to be wise, but not old enough to have lost that refined sense of cruelty which passes for fun in feline circles. And uh. his kind of defining moment, aside from asking for the password, again, holding up his procedure, is killing one of his henchmen uh, for laughing, uh, for having the temerity to laugh on a podcast, uh, by throwing a knife <laughs> faster uh, than even Roland could. Like um, Jake's eyes cannot even uh, track it. What uh, what do we think of TikTok, Chase? TikTok's real cool. <laughs> I I like TikTok a lot, especially with um, how things proceed towards uh, the end of this chapter. Uh, setting him up to be someone that is a reoccurring villain is um, it <laughs> makes me even more excited to continue reading on past this book. Just because, like, okay, we've got. We are going to have a stable of villains that are going to keep coming back. I'm I am on board for that. Um, and also, since you all were talking about the um, physical description of TikTok, um, I actually have a friend who comes from a very obvious strong Nordic stock. So I just can't. And they describe him as a, a very Viking like. Yeah. So it's very hard for me not to see this six and a half foot tall friend of mine sitting on this throne. I was like, Oh yeah, that's about right. Ooh. Oh no. You're going to look at your buddy differently from now on. <laughs> mm. uh, Murph, how about you initial, uh, uh, or I guess uh, just your, 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 your tight, uh, tight paragraph on TikTok. Uh, he, I, I feel like I've seen this villain before, but this is a good, you know, it's the guy he's holding court. He's got a bunch of disposable henchmen uh, just fit to random acts of violence. Like, I, I don't think a clockwork. No, that's not right. Uh, wow. Uh, I, I'm trying to think of other examples of someone like this, and I'm, I'm kind of drawing a blank, unfortunately. Yeah. But this is a this is a good one of those. Yes. The uh, the, the 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 unpredictable person who move, who kind of like vacillates between extremes 
while while also holding a like a position of power. Like I would see uh man, it's almost like a Tuco character from uh from Breaking Bad a little bit. Yeah, like mm-hmm. that's yes, that's he's every kind of crazy drug lord who who rules through fear and not uh, uh and fear and just random violence even. Yeah. <laughs> uh like I said, I I kind of always pictured TikTok as like a well, really like Matthew McConaughey from Reign of Fire, but eviler. <laughs> okay. Like, I, I don't, I'm not totally sure why that was, that was kind of the image that stuck in my head, but, um, that's, that's just kind of always how I've, wait, was that Matthew McConaughey or was that Woody Harrelson? Now I'm <laughs> myself. Might've been Woody Harrelson. <laughs> I've never seen that movie. <laughs> oh, it's, oh boy. You're in for a treat at some it, point. Yeah. You're, you are missing out sort of. Kind of. <laughs> uh, I, I remember who who this is another one of the, a good portrayal of this archetype was is uh is if you've watched Luke Cage the Netflix okay the, I haven't yet. I don't want to I don't wanna, okay I don't want to spoil it but the the second main villain that comes up okay ah uh, is it yeah so I, the one yeah hmm, I don't want to spoil too much <laughs> but, but a uh, a notable Luke Cage villain yes uh, I could just say the name Striker okay. Yeah, I just um, I love the idea of this villain who is very much a Manson type, you know, like, like yeah, am I am I out of bounds for thinking that's what he's coded as? Oh, no, not at all. OK, cool. Um, And yeah, that's uh, right. And his little family going. Yeah, yeah. And just like, you know, he's not that smart, which we're going to find out. And he has no, you know, absolutely no control over himself. Um, But compared to everybody else, you know, he has kind of been protected from the horrors and stuff where he has the, you know, like just the right constitution mentally in order to, you know, face, you know, life and blood and, you know, kind of like not be beaten down to this kind of compliant pulp. Right. Yeah. He's, (laughs) he's, he's not that smart, but he's sharp and he's quick and he's it. Yeah. The, the, the quote about, uh, the, uh, Tomcat who's old enough to be wise, but not old enough to have lost the sense of cruelty. Like that's what I, that, that was a good one to pull out because that's, yeah. that is exactly who that character is. <laughs> I've also got, how are, how is everyone here? So buff? <laughs> Cause I, I, the, the, I assume it's like prison. Like what else are you going to do? Right. Yes. But like even Nash, Nash seems like just physically, incredible yeah i i think that it like it is it is literally just a you know a, a life of survival of the fittest right yeah, but i so, mean he's 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 i don't think syphilitic is the word but like he's like riddled with disease but still he's just absolutely like he's stronger than i will ever be <laughs> yeah and 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 jake even remarks on that fact he says yeah. like you know like i'm out of breath i'm a little kid we run forever and this guy's just running circles around me and it's um, and it's not like Jake has not been like Jake has been in the wilderness for several weeks now. Like right. he's he should be cut out of wood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's um, you know, it's not like a function of you know uh, malnutrition because Gasher even says we have enough food to feed five hundred people for five hundred years. Right. <laughs> you know, so like they have everything they need. You know, because of this sweet setup that they have uh, that they have created for themselves. Right. And I, I don't know. That's and I get the impression that TikTok is like of all these like super Ubermen, mm-hmm. like TikTok is like the Ubermensch. 
Yeah. Uh, he is the uberist of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so TikTok, he has his name because he is rocking that Flava Flav style. Um, around his neck, he is wearing this uh, glass coffin shaped. I like. I read this as like a like a desk clock that he that he attached a uh, <laughs> that, that that he that he attached a chain to a, a chain to, um, you know that is kind of keeping the time, um, uh, but it is keeping time incorrectly because hey, this is midworld, and the world is moving on, and he is fascinated by Jake's Seiko watch. Right? He's like, oh, you know, like you give this to me as tribute for passing through my lands, um, and this is where we get the sense that he. Even though he is surrounded by this technology, they have lost the capacity to wake it up and use it because he believes that the watch is going to be uh, booby-trapped. When he asks, hey, is this booby-rigged? Um, and when Jake says, well, it's not shocking me, see? He says, oh, that means nothing if it's set to the frequency of your own body. Like, TikTok has just enough information to be dangerous, but not enough to actually be effective, right? Right. And like he seems like he he knows what the word he can say the words but he doesn't know what they mean right especially with this what is it, the bipolar or or unipolar or or dipolar right like that like I looked up dipolar that's just like something like water is a dipolar like it's a yeah. chemistry term yeah it's I mean it, it is straight up just uh like a made up kind of magical magical technology in midworld dipolar unipolar circuits and um like a uh, slow trans engines are another one we're going to find out about later it is literally just like hey this is this is the special kind of computer that's that this entire city runs on and tiktok upon seeing you know that jake has this piece of te- technology that he's never seen thinks that jake is going to be able to like help him to be the key to like getting him to wake up the city right <laughs> Um, and, oh man! <laughs> and uh, and and you know, Jake makes them you know doesn't make the mistake of saying dipolar, unipolar. What the fuck are you talking about, you ogre? Um, but uh, <laughs> uh, but no, he just says like no. It, I think it runs on a battery. Um, yeah, I love his his little bit of logic. The logic trap he set there, which I think was was great. He's like, oh, well, you said that it wasn't a dipolar, so therefore you must know what a dipolar is. I mean, he has a point. I mean, oh, that's the sum of the. Mm. <laughs> in, in in his mind, he has a point. Yeah. It, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Especially if if he if he's entering it from the starting position of this is the person we've that we've taken against their will and they're probably not going to want to help us. He is trying to intimidate him out, you know, into right. providing information. Right. But I mean, like, I mean, hey, Cole, do you want some tricephalin or some mycephalin? Oh, my cephalin, because it's for me. Oh, all right. Well, then you must know where it is. Get, <laughs> oh, get no, boys. I'm <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Jake also makes another mistake, uh, you know, in trying to, again, you know, stop uh, <laughs> stop TikTok from doing his Manson hypnosis. Again, you know, the ways of getting people to talk um, by saying, oh, you, you must be related. You must be the grandson of um, what's his name? Lord Quick that we saw out there in the uh, in, in the plane. And this, you know, gives TikTok no, uh, no no shortage of kind of glee at uh, like, oh, people, people know my family. That's you're absolutely right. I'm, a, I'm the great grandson. That's no problem. Um, we're, we're, we're buddies, you see. And then Jake makes the mistake of saying, oh, 
here's the entire story of Lord Perth, which sends TikTok into a fucking fit. Yeah. <laughs> he just lets loose and just rails on this kid. Jesus Christ. Oh, man. What? Don't ever talk about me or my grandson ever again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there we go. Uh, memed it. All right. <laughs> memed it. Goodbye, there everybody. Go. Uh, love this quote. <laughs> 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 uh, have you heard of people with short fuses? Well, I got no fuse at all. Uh, doing do, do, doing that right there, and then <laughs> that's, that's a mechanic hay line. Oh, certainly, certainly. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, they released a new trailer. Um, I'm pretty jazzed. I'm pretty oh. jazzed to see this. <laughs> yeah. Um, Quick also asks uh, if Jake is a not C. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> which which Jake uh, initially interprets as like, wait, are you asking if I'm blind? Oh boy, yeah, this is uh, <laughs> yeah, uh. but they're but you know they they he's just referring to the fact that hey, Nazi planes were flying in and out of this place, and mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know what uh, TikTok thinks Nazis are, but then Jake sets himself up to describe what an American is. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't oh, know. yeah. Like I that I thought that was going to go somewhere, but I and maybe it will later. Because I mean, so Lord Perth was a Nazi, right? No, Lord Perth was the um was the story. It's it's their er, version sorry. of uh, um. Oh gosh, David and Goliath. Yeah, David and Goliath. There not, we go. Not Lord Perth. Sorry. Uh, his his so his grandfather was a Nazi. It, yeah, did David David Quick. Um, David I think Quick was, was a, so so he's a not well he, he's at the very least he's flying a Nazi plane. Right, right. He might be a Nazi. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe, but they were the, they they covered up the Nazi logo uh, with their own with yeah. their own kind of thing, um, which might have been might have been something different that the uh, that the plane got there and they figured out how to fly it. Yeah, like it could have been. Yeah, I don't. It, I thought they were going somewhere with that, but I don't know. Maybe maybe some maybe we'll have a maybe Roland will shoot some Nazis at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows um skinheads factor in later on in the series okay yeah there you go see i predicted it (laughs) there you go um (laughs) but yeah during this kind of interrogation about whether or not jake is a nazi um he spots these two eyes uh kind of peeking down at him from a vent and here's just a like a heartwarming uh kind of tale uh that turns into a bone chilling tale of roland sending oi in for um, uh, sending away in for um you know reconnaissance to you know tap out the number of people like he comes back and like you know counts them by tapping his uh by tapping his paw uh roland then decides all right well i'm sending sending you in for a suicide mission oi you're the new david you're my hawk now my little furry friend (laughs) uh yeah i was kind of worried about oi here yeah yeah he i have a soft spot for dogs yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm and like it's 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 a this is just a smart dog. Yeah, he's dog esque. The dog that can talk, which is like, <laughs> yeah, that's that's a real good dog. It's mm-hmm. dog plus. <laughs> it's mega. It's dog. the sequel to dogs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> New and improved. Um, yeah. So uh, he's like, hey, all right. He whispers a couple of simple commands into Oi, um, and uh, at some point here. Oi and his uh, and his responses to a couple of lines here uh, to his name, the word heart and to Jake says, Oi, art ache, which sounds like Oi's heart aches, which is shitty. 
Mm. I don't want. I don't want his heart to ache. Come on. Ugh. Um. But yeah, Roland is using Oi to supplement his own kind of weak connection to the Kotet psychically. So smash cut over to uh, Blaine again with little Blaine saying, hey, hurry, he's worse than ever before. And I have to call out Frank Muller's performance um, uh, for praise in this in the audiobook because it is very much this uh, very timid, broken whisper. He's worse than ever before. <laughs> Uh, it's pretty great. Um, and Eddie's like, hey, how's it going? How's the weather? Oh, what about these mid-world autumn storms? Not going to stop soon, are they? Huh? 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 Elbow, elbow. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> and Susanna decides to cut in with a riddle they couldn't solve earlier about, oh, it can be short or tall. It attends all of our conversations, etc. Um, and we get a sense for exactly what a riddle junkie Blaine is. Yeah, this is the he's kind of this is where that kind of the magical realism gets into in, into it for me because like oh an actual computer wouldn't care they would just look it up mm-hmm. but like oh he's like a sphinx <laughs> 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 all right I can get into this <laughs> and 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 that's the thing because like it's inherently unfair because I get the sense that he's just like cross referencing his databases for the answers right. Like the the idea of challenging a computer to a riddle contest, like oh let's 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 uh, let's challenge Wikipedia at trivia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But the fact that it's laundered through this uh, through through this uh, um, personality that is uh, the, the, that is flawed, I think, is what makes it. It's it's weirdly like so. When did this did this book come out? Because I'm trying to. It's very weird how computers are written throughout the ages. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I believe this was 1990 or 1991. I'm uncertain yeah, about that. So, like, the internet wasn't really a thing that, like, people would use. <laughs> like, it's yeah. there, but no one's using it. Like, I, I guess also Reagan was president when Eddie was alive. So <laughs> Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, it was 1991. And, you know, Blaine is this massive this massive networked computer. So it's not, you know, he, he was built by the old ones. It's not unreasonable to assume that he would have access to that stuff. Well, I'm just trying in the fiction, like the, I don't think the idea of like a massively networked computer, well, I guess Star Trek was a thing. Yeah. The next generation was currently going on. Huh? So I'm, yeah, I'm just trying to, it's, it's hard to place it back in popular culture. What we thought about computers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think I think in 1991 at this point, uh, computers were what Doogie Hauser used instead of a diary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I guess like uh, what, was, what was it? Small Miracle, the Robot Girl. Oh, Small Wonder. Yeah. Small Wonder. Small okay. Wonders. Yeah. Okay, so we're this Herklebot. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> this is ridiculous. <laughs> Um, but um, they they save their life by doing this because Blaine was upping the ambient electric charge in the air, like just ready to you know tip it over and activate his Tesla coils or whatever. Um, but uh, by you know by 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 giving this, they caused you know the hair on the back of their neck to stop you know standing up. Um, and Eddie's like, oh yeah, you know because he views everything through the lens of addiction, like Doctor Drew. Um, he says, oh Blaine is a riddle junkie. Uh, hey, that, yeah, that, that it, is a sick burn on Doctor Drew, by the way. Yeah, good, good. <laughs> <laughs> it's worth doing. 
<laughs> Go get him, Cole. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but yes, uh, Blaine wants more riddles, but he does not want stupid riddles. He is very clear about that. No games, right. no drama, no stupid riddles. Um, yes, they, they've got, they've got, they're out of luck because they've got Eddie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, read book four, Murph, please. Read, read, okay. read, read book four. Okay. Read, 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 at least was, the first chapter of book four. I'll, I was planning on it. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, but um, swipe, swipe left. Uh, swipe left if under uh, if under five eleven, and also if you have dumb riddles. Um, but yes, uh, you know, and they, you know, he 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 grills them about this, and he's also like spookily good at identifying liars. Like he goes into a uh, Humphrey Bogart impression, like to read his analysis of their voice, like oh ninety five percent increase in fricative syllables as you said this thing, like. This is this is no good, and they have to give him what he wants because they have in their possession both a riddle book uh, and in their friendship someone from Gilead, a land that is known for its value on riddles. So this is like this is like uh, Blaine has found his stash, I believe. Drug people say <laughs> uh, he's he's gonna tie one on. Yep. The the riddle I don't know I've got nothing I don't I don't do drugs people yeah it's uh you know <laughs> um let's uh smash cut over to uh, the showdown with TikTok because this is real good mm. um because Jake is at his wits end he you know has been dragged through the city is incredibly thirsty and uh quick is all like oh bring me fetch me a ladle of water which I think is yeah. the most is the most tempting quantity of water. <laughs> it's the right amount. Yeah, you could dump it on yourself or drink it. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it was someone's like ah, I mean, uh, that, that that's that soothes when he pours it over his uh, pours it over his chest. Yeah, it's a real real dick move uh, when you have this eleven year old <laughs> who is who is dying of thirst in front of you. Mm. Um, and he loses his shit. Um, after uh, Jake says, "What the fuck are you talking about with dipolar computers?" There's a hundred thousand of these ever fucking dipolar computers right underneath the, the ever fucking city. Maybe a hundred thousand, and only one that still works and won't do a damn thing except play Watch Me and run those drums. I want those computers. I want them working for me. <laughs> so he wants those computers, and he wants them working for him. And at this point, we it's it's full out fallout, right? Like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like this is this is this could be a vault story, <laughs> or like so like the the you know the the wanderer comes across the uh, lud and goes into the sewer and he he sees this burnt out vault and then then he's he he gets a a voice uh, an audio log of Matthew McConaughey saying <laughs> I want them dipolar computers working for me yeah. I mean, like, so I, I oftentimes, and I, I don't know, like, 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 like Evan, I'll, I'll, I'll maybe throw this to you. I oftentimes forget that this is a work of post-apocalyptic fiction, in spite of the fact that yeah. the details are kind of like laced throughout. Um, I mean, this is a good expression of that, right? Yeah, th- this is like I, I'm, I'm actually with you. Like, th- this is kind of the only book that I think of in those terms. Book seven gets into it pretty hard. Book book seven gets into it, but there's a lot about book seven that is it gets into pretty hard. I have <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about book seven when uh, we get there. Twenty nineteen. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, I I 
I, I would agree. Like, I, I think that just kind of having the knowing about technology and knowing about its capabilities and not knowing how to harness them seems like, um, as far as tropes go, a pretty reasonable one mm-hmm. in, in this kind of situation. Yeah. Um, I just love his rage at it. Oh yeah. The, 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 and that actually does seem like a, you know, relatively reasonable reaction too to the situation that he's in. <laughs> it is, you know, yeah. and, and you know, a point that I think King's trying to make here is that the pubes have a better understanding of what's going on here than oh yeah pretty clearly yeah <laughs> than the craze right you know like they like they, they understand the actual effects whereas tiktok and the craze like know just enough about the nuts and bolts of this to have some of the mystery you know stripped away um which lands them well short of the actual malevolence that is in place you know he sees blaine as you know something that'll play the midworld equivalent of poker you know and and and, and play and play that music when in reality the people on the surface you know who are subject to the whims um, are much more in tune with what he actually represents. Yeah. Um, Mur- Murph, the, 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 so this was your first, uh, first realization of what the God drums were like you, you, yeah. you dropped in the notes, the, uh, the video for Velcro fly. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's, it is an experience that you should, you should take for me that I thought the the drums were a lot more just intimidating, mm-hmm. but then like, Oh, Eddie, Eddie says, or I think it's probably earlier in the chapter uh, uh, where he, he names the song. Oh uh, yeah. It's a, uh, it's, it's Velcro fly is the name of it. Yeah. Vel- uh, yeah. And it's, I, I recommend everyone go look that up. It, it is, it is a yeah. really good video. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and by really good, I mean worth watching. <laughs> yeah. And it's something special. And, and, and by, by worth watching, I mean, where's the teenage dirt bags? Yeah, yeah, so I use my teenage dirtbags uh, uh, topic uh, demand or uh, you know recommendation to do that Dave Matthews Band video, um, and everybody mm, should be yeah. listening to Teenage Dirtbags. It's a it is an amazing show. Um, but uh, but I, if I was if I was thinking ahead, we would have gotten some crossover heat on Velcro Fly. But I <laughs> I stand by my decision because that that video needed to be discussed. Yeah, uh, oh, no question. <laughs> yeah. So I will I will lobby. I will use. I will use my clout with the big wigs with the big wigs at Duckfeed uh, to put some pressure <laughs> on the team over on Teenage Dirtbags. Uh, we're gonna have to go through several corporate proxies, uh, but we might get there. You gotta awesome. fill out the right forms, cross marketing, yeah. uh, synergy. Uh, you said uh, the S word. The bits. I know. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but Chinese yeah. market, Cole. Chinese market. Oof. Uh yeah, you gotta the uh, you gotta be ready for the global uh the 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 global start time. I don't I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I do I do really like that the drums are are Velcro fly because that that drum intro has always been in in my brain just like a couple degrees off of we're not gonna take it. Oh and, yeah uh, yeah, which is like that in the right context in a vacuum would be an incredibly intimidating just drum cadence like mm. that that drum intro is awesome but everybody knows that song everybody knows that video it's too goofy yeah well everybody Velcro, i mean if, if you're if, if you're me you associate it with uh with peewee's big adventure exactly <laughs> yeah. yes um uh, but uh but velcro fly it's a kind of got a similar vibe to it mm-hmm 
Um, and I don't think it's as menacing, but it's also not as uh, as overtly goofy, I guess. Yeah, and, it's, uh, it's still pretty. I, I've goofy. always just thought that that was it's still pretty goofy. And I, but I feel like like having a little bit of that is a lot more interesting than if if King had given like. I don't I, I'm struggling to think of another like iconic drum intro that is yeah. actually belongs to a menacing song but if, if, no. if, <laughs> well I, like i like uh, you know the the thing about the drum the the velcro fly uh kind of drum intro is that it's really heavy on bass drum is that like that like the like, you know the, the, that kind of steez the only one i can think of that would like from that era that would match that would be like if you slowed down the intro to hot for teacher yeah mm. Mm. yeah that might do it, but I'm 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 reaching reaching the limit of my of my knowledge of like trashy, overtly sexual mid eighties rock. Yeah. Also, Velcro Fly has that really cool like feedback swell that kind of sounds like an air raid siren. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm <laughs> I'm I'm pretty good with with that choice. Yeah, I, I I really do have to. If I'm still living in Cincinnati at that time, I need to I need to make sure that I go up to uh, it's like north north of Dayton to go see ZZ Top perform live because who knows like how much longer that can happen. Like we are oh, reaching, oh, okay. we're, we're we're reaching the end of that thread. I am. I, you I am also surprised they are alive. Yep, they're alive. You also need to bring I, some kind of mobile recording rig and get uh get the drum intro to Velcro fly. <laughs> make sure make sure they perform it oh, i'll bring my uh, i'll bring my sony <laughs> my, 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 yeah. my sony uh recorder yeah that's why when you're locked in your vault yeah, it's forming yeah. a, a society yeah if i, I want to uh, put the fear in people you know just if things are getting a little too crowded around these parts <laughs> yeah i also need to work on my draw i wasn't very happy with my performance up there but we're okay it's fine look you'll have all the time you need in the vault yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so new accent for every group of, of travelers. Yeah. Um, so we've been talking about this for a while. Uh, we should probably go back to, yeah. you know, so uh, TikTok is very, very angry about these computers. Um, and Jake uh, decides, hey, I can actually focus this by playing my trump card, which is if I can get quick to kill Gasher instead of me, we'll be ahead. And so he says, well, don't blame me. Look at your buddy over here who's writing your passwords down. Like, what is he? An NPC and dishonored? <laughs> uh, yeah. And so, mm. and so TikTok is like, no, I'm not going to hold you accountable for it. I just need you to tell me the truth while Gasher ends up swinging his knife around. And at that point, oh, oh he drops down and boom, guess what? Claws in your eye. Oh, claws yeah. in your eye. The second invocation of mint jelly in this uh, chapter. Oh yeah! By the way, because uh, because Gasher took a glob of snot that was like mint jelly um, out of his uh, out of his nose and rubbed it on the speaker in an act of uh, impotent defiance. Um, being that I was not in a mutton based household, I have never seen mint jelly. So let us do a Google image search for that right now. Mm. It's green. It's fine. I've had it. No, yeah. but only because I explicitly. Yeah. Saw it on a store shelf and was like, "Oh, I'll oh, try that." Yeah, yeah. No, like strange jellies are good. Like that is the, uh, <laughs> the, the that is the um, booth that I will seek out at a farmer's market. Is like, mm-hmm. ooh, like red pepper jelly. Mm-hmm. That sounds good. Or a chutney. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you, a farmer's market with some chutney. Oof. In heaven, in heaven, I say. 
Uh, but yeah, I don't associate vitreous humor with being uh, with being green. But whatever, it's still pretty jarring to have your eye torn out. It's also yeah. jarring when a little kid steals your machine gun and you know yeah. shoots up your leg, mm-hmm. uh, and then also steals your your nickel plated revolver and shoots your scalp off. Right, man. That's yeah, bad, he was using that. Day. Yeah. Whew. Uh, TikTok should have kept a better, uh, just just a better watch on his shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> mm. uh, that's uh, that's upsetting. That is one of <laughs> this is a bunch of my worst fears uh, being wrapped up into one. First, knee injuries, terrible, follows you for life, bad stuff. Take care of your knees. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Second, um, having your eye popped. I'm terrified of getting getting in Whoa. fights. I've never really been in a real fight outside of with my brother. Um, primarily because I'm afraid that I will be punched in my face so hard that my eye will pop. Okay, mm. that's that's terrifying. Yeah, yeah. Um, and second, yeah. <laughs> uh, just the idea that my hair is a hat that I wear, um, as long as God wants me to wear it. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, you kind of lost me on the third one, but mm-hmm. sure. <laughs> no, no, but like, Jake thinks that he's, you know, killed, you know, killed TikTok at this point, you know, because right. he has shot him in the head. He sees the he sees the hole appear in his forehead and he falls down and doesn't really notice the, the, the scalp falling across. But like, this is a shitty little gun and you know, it's just a graze, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Not the graze. It is a graze. But at that point, I, Hey, Oi doesn't die. No, you. no, no. <laughs> like TikTok is uh, like twisting him. He's wringing him like a washcloth, but, uh, but yeah. Jake stops him. So yes, I will, uh, I will reiterate your, whoo. Yeah. Um, but yeah, TikTok is definitely diminished. Yeah, um, I, I was actually before we got to the last chapter, I was like, oh, okay. I thought that guy was going to stick around a little longer. Yep. <laughs> I love the way this chapter ends. By the way, we're gonna get we're gonna get to that. Um, but um, so Gasher decides, oh, you're gonna ride me out, you little punk, and starts strangling Jake like Homer strangling Bart. Um, and despite the fact that Roland has been sending touch signals over, um, saying, Hey, Jake, open the door, open the door. Hey, there's a button there. Open the door, open the door. Um, the door opens for no reason, uh, outside of Jake, Roland comes in and exit Gasher, his head exploding into a cloud of red mist, Mm -hmm. um, as the alarms start to sound over the city. And we enter this just incredibly, um, dire scene where you know Blaine is firing off this air raid siren, uh, this air raid siren, telling Eddie and Susanna, like, "Hey, here's my latest riddle. Come on and stop me." Yeah. Um, and the pubes and grays, for their own reasons, you know, the grays thinking, "Hey, our systems are failing. This is the end." And the pubes saying, "Oh my God, you know, the the gods of the machine are here. Um, so we need to start killing ourselves." Like they specifically invoke Jonestown in this. You know, mm. Jake never mm-hmm. lived to see it. But all of them are, you know, ending themselves. All of them are, you know, deciding like, hey, this is this is where I get off of this train. Again, no pun intended. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. I, mm. I hope I didn't make light of that. Like uh, yeah. <laughs> it's it, 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 it specifically played for horror is what's is, is what's going on. You know, as we learn about, again, this AI that's controlling the city going insane and getting weirder and weirder. Roland is there and, you know, giving Jake water and he has this deja vu of the way station. You know, Jake saved his life and he saved Jake's life. There we go. We're even forget about that whole dying thing. 
Uh, <laughs> you know, as, uh, as people are jumping off of the bridge into the River Send and also lining up like sheep to the slaughter to be fed into a gigantic industrial stamping machine. Yeah, just, oof. Yeah. Just, that's not a good way to go. Uh, might be quick. Yeah, like... Uh, I say, I say I, it might be because who knows what that last moment is like. Yeah, like... Uh, you're still getting crushed by a giant stamping machine. <laughs> yeah. Also, why do we have these? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like, I, I want to get your guys' opinion of this because, like, the fall of blood, even before the biological weapons get released, uh, which is going to happen later, is fucking uh, atrocious. Is mm. you know, is, is, is what it is. Uh, uh, Evan, like, what's your what's your read on this? It, it is a hard section to read. Yeah, like it's. I, I feel like not not every Stephen King book, but most of them have a section that's like it, you, you just kind of just kind of grit your teeth and cringe your way through. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I feel like this might again, like you know, with with Big Blaine, we've got an entire city that's insane. Um, this is one of those things that is scaled up to the size of an entire city. Yeah. And like, you know, a lot of the time, the way that that he writes those those really graphic, difficult scenes is is very intimate. Like the when you were talking about your your thing with eyes, it made me think of uh, the the cringe scene in Dreamcatcher. Yeah. Um, which which has to do with that exact thing mm-hmm. and is uh, is is no good. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, you're you're reading through and it's 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 just as rough as as the very intimate individual like graphic body horror scenes but it's the whole city and then you've you've got the the people jumping off a bridge and that's kind of disconcerting and you've got like the the people being fed into the industrial stamper which is super disconcerting uh and then the uh blames uh one piece of additional information this gas is not painless. Yeah, that is a real like that, that, that is Glados ahead of Glados right there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. As I say, I'm like, hey, I've got this nerve gas. You will suffer. Yeah. Hey, this is going to be bad. Yeah. Huh. Uh, Chase, how about you? Like, like your your read on this uh, kind of whole sequence here. I mentioned earlier that um, the idea of fictional characters facing this kind of impending doom is something I really like. This is this, this is too much. This is, this is more than, I mean, it is still good. It is just very hard to read and absorb. Um, because, uh, doom is coming. They just have no idea what it is. They know something bad is happening. They're just coming at it from the wrong angles. Um, and, you know, maybe maybe their way out is better because, you know, like you said, it's, you know, the, the, the gas is not painless. This is going to suck a whole lot. These people are just pre-boarding. And all I'm thinking is like um, the, the image that I mean, we've talked about the, the stamper already. And I'm just thinking about that guy that's actually doing the throwing into the stamper. It's like, what mm-hmm. what is his read on the situation at this point? Because right now it's like he is doing a chore in the middle of all this. <laughs> that's a, it's a very Flintstones guy thing. Ah, it's a living, yeah, exactly. Or, uh, it's a living. It's a for dying. The next, like, Fifteen minutes. 
Um, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. And it's just, it is watching people like kind of at their wits end. Cause also you talked to earlier about, you know, the, the eye popping thing being, um, being, uh, something that kind of squicks you out a bit. Like mm-hmm. what, what would drive people to do this? Like what, like, you know, mass hysteria that that's what gets me. Yep. Uh, an, an entire life of living in a cult that is all about death. Mm hmm. Yeah. Have uh, have any of you guys ever read um, either the the um, the unnoticeables or the empty ones by Robert Brockway? I've not. No, uh, nope. Uh, it's it's the first two books in a trilogy. The third one's not out yet. Um, they're, they're super, super good. I cannot recommend them highly enough. Just doing kind of a free plug for an author I like a lot here, but, mm-hmm. um, there's, there is a kind of a recurring motif, I guess, that, that feels very, very, uh, inspired or informed by the fall of blood. Hmm. Hmm. Um, just like an entire city self-terminating individually. Not not an entire city, but uh, it's 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 like an an entire. I, I'm I'm not even sure what to refer to it. Like cult isn't the right word, but I don't like that's the closest I can come without giving way more context than anybody who hasn't read the books cares about. Right. <laughs> um, um, what were those called? Yeah, in case somebody in, in case somebody took notice. Um. The. F- First one, I believe, is called The Unnoticeables, and the second one is The Empty Ones, and the author is Robert Brockway. And if you're not totally sold on reading it, one of the main antagonists is uh, – well, the, the character's name is is Marco Luis, but it's, it's Mario Lopez as a soulless uh, demon-infested husk. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it, uh, it is fantastic. It's so good. Um, I, I would be very curious also, to see about that treatment. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is very, very funny and it is very, very upsetting in, uh, in some very visceral sorts of ways. Yeah. Hmm. Huh. <laughs> so is, is this the point where I, I break the streak and I say, I like, it didn't disturb me as much, but I think, and I'm trying to figure out why and I'm like, Oh, I think it's because I really like Blaine. <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, this, like the, the, this might be that point. I would, I would very much like to see this because I, I, I think that I'm sympathetic that you know to that point of view because and, like what kind of life were these people living anyway? Right. And for me, like, like, and it's it's the whole the you know one death is a tragedy, a millions of statistic. Uh, like, I'm, I'm much more like the the whole the the kind of violence that Nasher was doing on Jake earlier in the, uh, the chapter was, is much more disturbing to me than, Oh yeah. Like a, b- a bunch of people died. If, and if I don't, I, if I, I should, if I don't correct you a bunch of people on Twitter, well, you mean Gasher. Oh, sorry. Yep. Nope, don't Gasher, worry. Gasher. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but it, and, and, and I don't know what that says about me and the human condition where personal violence is, is, is disturbing, but like, eh, well, all right, you know, mash them up jump off the, the the bridge it's fine but there's this cool robot all right <laughs> yeah and i mean and that is partially that i i am i have a, a very deep and just in a, a just a intense affection for robots in fiction right right like and I'm, I'm thinking about blaine like man i wonder if we could get him into near 
<laughs> Don't spoil near for me, please. Okay, so oh man, Cole. <laughs> no, I know, I know. I'm I'm playing. I'm playing through. I'm playing through every Souls game at the moment. Yeah, man. I know. <laughs> you, you, you look. You just did uh, Metal Gear Solid Two. It's okay. Yeah, no, I, I, no, I, I, I desperately want it because the stuff about Metal Gear Solid Two that is represented in near and specifically near Automata, like sign me yeah. the fuck up. Like my body is ready for it, man. Um, <sighs> All right, but anyway. Yeah, let's not get down that. Let's not. Let's not not go down that track. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, go, go ahead. No, but you, you you have sympathy for just kind of like the 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 AI, you know, point of view of the story, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, because and and only in the sense that eh, Blaine's done with this. I can see why he would blow it up. It's good to dodge, like they say. Right. That. Yeah. He's. This is. Eh, these 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 people have been using me as like a murder place for the past 800 years yeah I, i'm done with it <laughs> let's end this in style right yeah <laughs> um that so. said i don't like i would that's not a decision i would make but i respect it <laughs> no <laughs> no <laughs> i mean if, if, if you were a completely deranged ai who had been alone for 800 years yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um yeah so Blaine calls out for Roland and Jake, like trying to verify, um, you know, Susanna and Eddie's uh, stories about them saying, hey, here's this. Uh, and then he uses an oven to nuke another grave for interrupting them saying, hey, the walls are on fire. Nope. How rude of that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Additionally, as uh, Blaine sends out his Wheatley cube to uh, to, to, to guide Jake. <laughs> Jake and Roland uh, through the underbelly again on this uh, path that is along the beam. Um, this is one of my favorite moments, uh, maybe in the series where, you know, Big Blaine and his gigantic boomy voice says in the rooms, the people come and go. But I don't think the <laughs> I don't think any of them are talking of Michelangelo <laughs> like, yeah, lean into that T.S. Eliot thing, man. Come on. Like, give me that <laughs> proof rock. Uh... <laughs> I love it. It's so cheesy. It's so good. <laughs> I also like how Roland in the scene just immediately picks up. Oh, this is how I should interact with this thing. Yeah, it's it, it's almost like oh, did he have a, you know AI handling techniques in Gilead? Is that a class? Ah, uh, he's used to dealing with demons. Okay, fair. It's, I guess yeah, Blaine I, is. I, I always just kind of I always just kind of got the feeling that Roland uh, Roland is basically unflappable because he doesn't think outside of the moment very much. <laughs> right. Like the only thing that he thinks of uh, in terms of foresight is, will this help me get to the tower? Right. Like Other that, than that, he he doesn't really care. Yeah. Like, so that's that's kind of why that that was my take on why he had no. Like I I also like that, but that was kind of my my interpretation. Yeah. It's uh it, like that that is the the particular edge that his survival instincts and his intuition informed by his mad great aunt or whatever uh that he uh that he you know that, that, that he calls out um are leading him to you know he is making those decisions the decisions in the moment and he has no patience for someone like blaine yeah um so as they're doing this an escalator opens up Susanna almost falls into it but they you know but jake and roland and oy are delivered into the cradle um <laughs> and uh blaine says hey guess what uh, this entire city is laced with these uh, chemical and biological weapons, along with nukes. Um, I'm going to destroy this city. 
uh, you have 10 minutes, I believe. It's like 12, 11, 10 uh, mm-hmm. as, I, as I fire mm-hmm. this off. Uh, also, you know, unless you can answer my riddle in that, here's a piece uh, in that time. Here's a piece of information. Uh, the gas is not painless. Again, giving that GLaDOS line that we referred to earlier, and he is putting them to the test. And that is where we're going to leave our cotet. Um, with them kind of dangling in this dangling in this thread, uh, trying to see if they will die in this dying city. Right. Um, let's turn our attention back to TikTok man. Um, to Andrew Quick, uh, as is his given name, and to a new friend who is also an old friend, uh, possibly <laughs> a very old friend, uh, Richard Fannin, uh, who decides, hey, I'm going to wake you up, TikTok, by saying your real name, Andrew. Andrew, hey, here you are. Are you thinking of your uh, of your dad taking you to go get some cider when you were real young, when things were better? Hey, tastes like tastes like October, doesn't it, Andrew? How's it going? <laughs> Because TikTok is still alive, as we established, he was just grazed, uh, but he is diminished. And he is being lorded over by this man who is not a man. This uh, this demon who is masquerading as a human form. Yeah, and the way that that concept is introduced is is such a such a great sentence, too. Uh, you, you put it in the show notes, but uh, it looked like a man, but the fellow who had once been Andrew Quick had an idea it wasn't really a man at all. Yeah. And just, mm. just the idea where it's like, you know, this looks like a man, but it's not, according to a man who used to be a man, but is now a TikTok man. <laughs> right. Oh, gosh. So, like, it, it's, mm. there, there's just, like, a symmetry there that I, I really, really like. Yeah. Am I, am I missing, is this not the man in black in my, or am I okay. kind of, is that a spoiler for next time? Here we go. Um, because the man in black... Uh, initially was not supposed to be Randall Flagg, um, mm-hmm. but uh, uh, he's kind of been reckoned into being the same person, this, you know, marauding black sorcerer who uh, kind of goes between worlds. Um, this is the same character who has oh, come back, okay. you know, under one of his old uh, under one of his old guises um, in order okay. to uh, manufacture because the Randall Flagg, who is the lieutenant of the Crimson King, um, is also the same uh, person as. Uh, oh gosh, Martin O'Dim, or no, uh, Martin, and then Walter O'Dim, um, okay. and, and like any of those previous characters who have been sorcerer advisors to prominent kings who have led to the you know the Kingdom of Ruins. Same person as you know who eventually built up that you know new civilization in Las Vegas after Captain Trips uh, eliminated all of human life in America, right? <laughs> all right. Is is Richard is Richard Fannin? Is that uh? A name from another book that I just don't recognize. No, no. Uh, look at the initials RF. I, right. I, I definitely got that. Oh no! I, I so sorry, sure sorry if, if Richard Fannin was the antagonist in another uh, no. another King book. No, no. That, but that, but okay. that's definitely there, what he's uh, what he's going so after. So many. Oh, totally. But but yeah, there, there are just so many uh, like references to other works that I don't even bother trying to keep track most of the time. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but Richard Fannin, like the, you know, they, 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 they straight up call it out. Like, you know, as he's talking to, you know, to, to, to talk man, you know, refers to like, Hey, he, he doesn't look, look like a man at all. He has these cannibals teeth, um, teeth, sorry, these cannibals teeth. Um, he says like, you know, I'm a man of many handles partner. Um, and he refers to like, Hey, you know, if you want to, 
get in my good graces, say my life for you like an old friend from long ago. He ended up betraying me, but that's not a problem now. Just like pledge your life to me and you can be reborn as the TikTok man, much like the trash can man, you know, hey, mm-hmm. you're fine, right? <laughs> um, like it is it is straight up Randall Flagg. And we're going to be talking about the stand in between, you know, this season and the next, you know, like it is it is pretty important to the overall like canon of this because the Randall Flagg character you know, is so important to the Dark Tower mythology as a whole. I, I, I forget, Chase Murph, have either of you read The Stand? It I have... is. Oh, go for it. Go for it. No, I, I'm, I'm just going to say, I have. It, it's been a while, though. Okay. All right. It, but... it, I have not, but it is sitting on my dresser like three feet away from me. Yeah, and also three feet tall because it is it is a very long book. Yeah, it's a real big book, Cole. <laughs> uh, it's real big. Sorry. So I, just, I cannot cover it. At least it is longer. Oh, boy. It is. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I think, I, think we... I might have told this story, but uh, we used to take, you know, trips from our uh, South Carolina to Pittsburgh, visit relatives. Mm-hmm. Uh, I brought the stand with me because I was a precocious, like, eighth grader. Uh-huh. And it's mm-hmm. it's like a it's a full like twelve hour drive, and all, that's all I had to do. And once I got to my relatives, I didn't really have anything to do because this was before the internet. So I basically finished the stand in one st- sitting. Nice. It that was a long sitting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I, I know the deal. I, I like I finished the first three Harry Potter books over the course of like one particularly uneventful vacation. Like I gotcha. Yeah, but that's a reasonable about a reasonable amount to read. <laughs> I'm a very slow reader, Murph. So I'd okay. appreciate if you didn't just kind of like just stomp all over me. I am, you know, I look I'm just gonna say eighth grade Murph Murph could re, uh could uh, read circles around you, Cole. Yeah, no, no, I'm a garbage read human. Off. That's fine. Read off. <laughs> Uh, so somebody else is gonna say something there oh boy <laughs> no i'm there, there there are no hard feelings it's fine i'm playing no. it i'm playing it out this is just characters we play on the show that's exactly cool we yeah. were gonna go get a beer after this yeah, we yeah. actually in the same apartment yeah hi um <laughs> evan you were gonna say something um i was actually just going to ask uh do you do you still want us to do the stand in one Oh, God, episode? no. Fuck no. No, it's going to be two episodes. <laughs> okay. I, I, I need to update Thank the sign-up God. sheet so we can get that. No, it's going to be... Uh, I think we're going to we're gonna cut off after, uh, like, when they get to Boulder. Uh, it's it's going to be, like, before Boulder, after Boulder. Okay, because I signed up for that one, and I was just like, man, I'm... No, that was no. a mistake. Yeah, no, that's, uh, <laughs> that's ridiculous. No, it's going to be two. Don't worry, man. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so... Um, yeah. But this is important, you know, they like like this specifically is a bit of fan candy that Stephen King was dropping here. He was specifically signaling to anybody who had read uh, either The Stand or The Eyes of the Dragon saying, oh, shit, uh, in case you didn't suspect that uh, uh, what's his name was what's his name before. Now we are specifically saying Randall Flagg is in play, um, you know, and his goal um, in this part of the fiction is to stop Roland from reaching the tower. You know, and, you know, despite how powerful he is, he can only hope that uh, that Blaine will fry them on the platform, but they cannot plan against it. So, hey, we got to go because he's become eccentric over the years. Poor fellow. Again, referring to Blaine. 
And that is the end of the Bridge and City chapter. Uh, let's get some final thoughts uh, going alphabetically here. Uh, Chase, uh, what are you? Uh, what are you thinking right now? Where we are at? It has been a very interesting couple of days reading this all in a rush. Yeah, um, I, I'm still surprised you did that. You could have said like, "Hey, Cole, sorry, I'll come back later." I, it was fine. I. It was. I honestly like. I didn't really put a whole lot off doing it. Um, mm -hmm. And if I had been a little bit more disciplined in my reading, it would have been like, no, it was just. It would have been done. No, um, yeah, yeah. And that... honestly, like, I I read in spurts like that. Like, it is, and this is about the time of year where I will do that. I read big books in very short amount of short amount of times comparatively. And otherwise they, I will read like a chapter and then they will sit on my dresser for three weeks and then I will read another chapter. So it's either all or nothing for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it was um, a lot of emotions kind of just coming out of the book all at once um, because you've got, you know, the insanity going on at the beginning and then you've got, this really nice middle part with uh, the town and then going into this really comparatively like after the um, after the bear and that little bit with the demon, it's a pretty low energy book, I would say. Hmm. Um, and then you hit this chapter and they crank everything up to 11 for the entire time. Um and so it was really interesting kind of coming off of the at the end of that. Um, and I'm really looking forward to reading this final chapter to kind of see how uh, King leaves it off, because um, I was reading the afterword in this. And he said, like, the next book is soon. I don't know how soon, but <laughs> King is prolific. So I can't imagine it would have taken him very long anyways. No, about six years. Yeah. Oh, OK. That's uh little longer than he expected what are you doing king writing <laughs> literally everything else probably probably yeah <laughs> um but no i i really enjoyed this chapter it was a great one for me to come back in for the show on and i thank you for inviting me back yeah. and yeah looking looking forward to um trying to stick with it a little bit more diligently going forward yeah well we're happy to have you here yeah. um evan how about you your uh your your kind of uh final uh the final summation of this chapter specifically. I, I don't really know if I have one. It's it's just it's such a big chapter. There's so much that happens and we're not really done with it until we get through the first act of the next book. Hmm. So yeah, we, I'm uh, we definitely left our uh, left our primary uh, players, you know, dangling. Yeah. And and like I I, I I feel like the first three books in the Dark Tower series, even though um, it's they don't stand on their own, like you know you're not you're not going to read up through the end of the Wastelands and just be like, okay, that was good, I'm done. <laughs> um, but I, I do feel like the first, I feel like the first three are are the the best, the most consistent, and um, have have the most. Uh, I, I can't think of the reading term for replay value. <laughs> Rereadability, uh, I guess. Yeah, they, 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 they hold up to the most uh, scrutiny after years. Yeah. 
um, I, I really, I really enjoy this book. I'm really happy to to have a chance to to talk about the the first part and the last part of it because, who boy, this is a book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How about you, Murph? Uh, coming back into it. So, uh, so this book had probably my two favorite elements of the the series so far, and they are both robots. One is a bear, the other is a train. Right. So you start with a mm-hmm. bear and you end with a train. I think that's a that's a saying. It's not <laughs> in like a bear, out like a train. Yeah, yeah. Out uh, out on a train. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Breakfast like a king, lunch like a bear, <laughs> dinner like a like a train, yeah. <laughs> like a train. Yeah. Just remember, uh, get infected by parasites and then blow up your city. Right. <laughs> if if you no, don't this, do anything else today, at least you at least do the do those two things. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah that's, and yeah, this was this this ended well. I think there was a little rough parts in the middle for this whole book, but uh, this 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 chapter was good. Yeah. A lot of world building, which is what I kind of like. When that's the my favorite parts of the series so far have been the world building, um, and this this chapter had a lot of it. Yeah, this this chapter is definitely the place where we have the most disparity between the height of the old ones kind of accomplishments um, and the very, very depths of this, you know, society of raiders that was created by deprivation and created by, um, you know, just the, the, the very acts that stripped the world of its vitality that the old ones did. Right. Like we specifically see the weapons. <laughs> You know the, yeah. the you know the, the the weapons of this place being put into the hands of people who uh, you know do not know how to use them without creating as much misery as possible, and then the weapons themselves come alive, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and back toward the beginning of the episode, you know, when talking about the cradle itself, I made the observation that you know it is an inversion of the usual haunted house trope in you know modern day most times we see the haunted house as this thing that is a place of you know complete disrepair and we believe that it's going to be the subversion right because we get to the cradle where blaine is blaine as we understand him and it is completely pristine completely taken care of you know because the destruction cannot touch it well that is subverted and then resubverted because blaine you know is over all of this. It's not just a haunted house. It's not just a ghost train. Um, it is a ghost city. And, you know, one that was the crowning achievement of this old civilization, right? So you're right, Murph, about the world building uh, that is brought into this because we are looking at people who cannot cope with with uh, with even the functioning parts of what was left behind, you know? So the failure of technology and the complete um kind of amoral approach to you know like what a human life is worth is a topic you know in Stephen King's overall work you know that is something that you could breed into the stand you know like that mm. is uh that is an overall moral is technology versus any kind of natural view of the way that you know life should be valued Overall, you know, and you look at that, you know, via Mother Abigail versus uh, Randall Flagg, et cetera. Like, 
it is a kind of hippy dippy book. I don't know if I, you know, if I subscribe to it 100%, but it's definitely there and that's what it puts forward. Mm. This is very much similar to that. And this looks like, you know, at times a first draft of what would be my favorite chapter in that book, you know, of the stand, which we're going to get to and we're going to talk to at length, but the whole, uh, what, no great loss chapter. Do you uh, remember that, Evan? I'm not sure if I do. Yeah, this is a chapter I think was added. It was possibly added in the uh, in the rewrite, but it was like after everybody had died um, and most of the infrastructure was down, like people who just it was the second wave of deaths that happened due to. Oh, wow. Yeah, just the fact that there were no ambulances. So like, hey, electricity is still on, but nobody's really monitoring it. So maybe my stove will blow my house up. No great loss. So it is a whole chapter that is just this um, litany of deaths that happened because society had broken down. They didn't die to the plague, but they died to the fact that just life was not set up for them to continue acting like it was. Wow, that you've evoked a lot of memories, and I actually remember this chapter. It's really good. <laughs> it's a, yeah, it, it, I remember it being affecting yeah. at the time. Um, so when I say it's a prototype, that doesn't make any sense because this was written eleven years, twelve years after the stand was. But it is, you know, this whole societal death that, that you know that, that that is brought in, and you are like supposed to question how much life is worth in the society, and so like this whole chapter, like I I love um blaine i think that um andrew quick i think that the tiktok man is a really really good villain i think they really like backload this book with really good stuff but that is the thing that sticks that sticks out most to me that this is a city that was doomed and dead and dying even before blaine decided to pull the trigger So, um, thank you to all of you for coming in next, uh, next episode is going to be about the final chapter might be a short one, but there'll be some wrapping up and some summarizing. Uh, it'll be the chapter. I think riddles and wastelands is what it is called. Uh, the intervening chapter, the intervening, like kind of like mid season that we're going to do, uh, is going to feature the mist It's going to feature a two parter, uh, two parter on the stand, uh, the dark tower movie and the it movie. Uh, so it's going to be kind of a long uh, mid-season yeah. in order to um, emulate the long wait between the Wastelands and Wizard and Glass. Uh, but all of that is good stuff that I want to cover because it is important for the context of the show. So keep your ear to the ground for those details, um, and uh, we will see you then. But until then, let's go in alphabetical order. Chase, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, at TQLoudly. Uh, you can also find me on my own path, podcast, Another Path, um, anotherpathpodcast.com. It's a D&D play podcast. I am the GM, and I take three of my friends on some wacky misadventures that I mostly write, and the other parts, I just kind of make it up as I go. Nice. Well, still writing. It's just uh, a yeah, you know, different amount of moment. preparation. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, that, that That is Another Path, in case you needed to hear that again, and that will be in show notes. Excellent. Um, let's see, Evan, where, where can people find you? Uh, I am at Mr. Underscore Harder on Twitter. I'm also doing, uh, I'm, I'm 
still doing the uh, at very good serial reviews on Instagram, <laughs> which is, you know, it's a very good definitely, Instagram. Definitely yeah. something that I would love it if you checked out. Uh, I'm 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 having a lot of fun with that. It, and, it is uh, not what it seems. It's, it is the most. <laughs> it is the most successful creative endeavor I have ever undertaken. Which kind of pisses me off, but I'm okay. <laughs> you, you, you can lose, you, you can use it for you a know. launch pad, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, Ilana Glazer from Broad City followed the account, so holy I'm doing something. shit, that's awesome! Wow. congratulations. Yeah. Uh, she yeah. she has not she has not reached out yet. We uh-huh. are we are not friends at this point. No, no, but she's paying attention. Um, but you know, or, or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So that's that's pretty fun. Um and uh yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm up to right now. Yeah. Uh Murph, how about you? You can find me at dinosaursarecool.com, which has, I don't know, all all the Murph stuff I do. Uh, I have a podcast called uh, Dork Night, which I I I've, I use the Twitter handle at Dork Night Show. Yep. Uh tweet at me. I'm on there too much. <laughs> <laughs> Watch the world fall apart. Yep. Oh boy. Oh door. Oh yeah. It's uh for context. It's it's the craziest time, and it just gets crazier. Yep. No, there is no bottom. Nope. This is the water, and this is the well. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Uh, tweet at me some dank memes. Yeah. I'll, do. <laughs> do. Uh, I, I need. You know, it's crazy, and we just need a little bright meme in the darkness <laughs> yep sometimes you gotta crack open a cold one with the boys Ooh, yep. <laughs> uh, some bone hurting juice am i memeing right yep yeah, okay cool um, <laughs> uh you can find me uh at cole ross on twitter uh that is k-o-l-e-r-o-s-s because my parents spelled my name weird um also at other shows on duckfeed.tv uh this might be the first episode we've recorded since we uh redesigned the Patreon. Uh you might be hearing this episode a week early or you might be hearing this uh at the right time and think, "Man, I want to hear the next episode a week early." That would be pretty cool. Um in which case you can go to patreon.com/duckfeedtv uh and check out the rewards there. We really appreciate it. Otherwise, uh, please tell your friends about this show especially with the Dark Tower movie coming out. This is a point where like People might be really interested in Stephen King's works or about uh, Roland's adventures in Midworld, etc. Um, and we really don't market this show otherwise. So if you get a chance to bring it up, say, hey, uh, if you're reading these books or interested in them, here are these people who uh, make a big deal out of going through them. And we would like that. Um, yeah, I would very much enjoy if you did. But otherwise, uh, we'll be back in two weeks uh, with the final chapter of The Wastelands. Uh, And until then, long days and pleasant nights. Mm